formed with your community. The Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here on this Tuesday morning. And joining us online now is Steve Scheffler. He is the Iowa State Republican Committee uh, Republican National Committee man. He's got the same title as uh, our Jay Shepard here in Vermont does. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. And Glad so, to be with you. Yeah, thank you for being on the morning drive today. And, of course, what we want to talk with you about is, of course, six days from now are the big Iowa caucuses. This is the start of the, the first voting in the big 2024 presidential race leading into New Hampshire afterwards. So... Can you start out giving us a little bit of the history of the Iowa caucuses, and then we want to talk about um, how the Iowa caucuses work. Well, the caucuses basically go back to 1972 when uh, George McGovern on the Democrat side came here and did a lot of work and came in a surprisingly second. They went on to win the nomination. Then, of course, in 1976, Jimmy Carter basically camped out in – all over the state and did surprisingly well, went on to win the nomination. And then, uh, of course, I worked on the Pat Robertson campaign before the caucuses in, I guess that would have been 1988. And so they have a history of uh, a lot of one-on-one, uh, person-to-person contact where you have town hall meetings and people come and a candidate probably speaks and then there's a lot of a Q&A. And so... You know, most of the people in Iowa go to these uh, candidate events not one time, but maybe two, three, four, five times before they ever make a decision who they're going to vote for at the caucus. And, of course, a caucus is just basically like a neighborhood meeting. Uh, people gather together in that particular precinct at a place that is advertised <clears throat> by both the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. And then people gather to those, and then, you know, as you probably know, the Democrats kind of really muck things up here um, because their reporting system was um, not good uh, four years ago. And, of course, they have this convoluted way, which probably is a little bit boring. They kind of get in different parts of the room, and they they try to figure if they've got 15% that are supporting that candidate if they're viable. But the Republicans have a very straight forward process. So they gather at 7 o'clock. You need to be in line by 7 o'clock in order to participate. You're checked in off of a list to make sure you live in that precinct that you're a Republican. If you're not on the list and you want to participate and you live in that precinct, you can do that, but you will have to register as a Republican and you'll have to show some form of ID like a driver's license or a power bill or a cell bill. Uh, and even if you're on the list, you'll need to show some identification uh, like a uh, driver's license. So there's party then, there's party registration in Iowa? Uh, yes, there is. So we've got Repu- you can register the Republican, the Democrat, or Independent. Uh, but like I said, if you come to the caucus and you're a Democrat and you want to participate, you can participate provided that right there on the spot that you will change your voter registration from whatever it is that you're currently at either a Democrat or an independent or even not rich, as long as you register as a Republican, then you can participate that night. And uh, so, so okay, now you go to the caucus, which, as you said, these are, rather than going in person and voting with a, you know, 
you stand in line and you vote with a with a ballot that's handed to you. You go to this meeting. Uh, how does it work on the Republican side? Are you are even though you're at a meeting, do you vote a private ballot vote or are you in a big meeting where you raise your hand? Yeah, or so how? What's the mechanics of it? Yeah. So so basically, you know, everybody comes in. Uh, you have a, a a temporary chair that calls the meeting to the order. You have the uh, the pledge and the prayer, and then. Um, each of the candidate, each candidate uh, can have a representative speaking on their behalf. So, and that person is traditionally given three to five minutes. So, one candidate representative per candidate can speak, and then basically pieces of paper are passed out, and they can vote for basically anybody they want to. So, in this case, on the Republican side, Nikki Haley, uh, Donald Trump, uh, Ron DeSantis, Asa Hutchinson, whoever. And then uh, people will collect those ballots, and then they're taken to a table in full view in the room. So the ballots will not be taken outside the room. Be take they will be collected and counted in in the room at like a table. And then, of course, a candidate representative can go over to that table to observe the vote count to make sure it's correct. And then there's a mechanism that each precinct will have a I guess you call it a reporter who will call in. The uh, either call in the results or go to an app and call in the results. And any time that they do that, uh, then after they report the numbers, they'll have to repeat it one more time to make sure that the numbers are correct. And that goes into a central uh, kind of a Republican database counting place uh, downtown Des Moines. And then, of course, those numbers are projected as they come in. So that's the first part of the caucus is this whole candidate representative speaking, uh, casting a ballot on a mere piece of paper, secret ballot, and then collected and then counted in full view of everybody that sits in that in that room. And, of course, after that, you know, they conduct party business like electing what we call two county central committee members to each precinct or basically the leadership uh, in that precinct for the next two years. And then they elect delegates to a... Uh, uh, a county convention, because all of our counties, 99 counties, have county conventions on a particular day, February 17th. And then after they elect the two central committee members and elect the their given number of delegates and alternate delegates to a county convention, and then after that, there there can be discussion of planks, uh, whether it be a pro-life plank or a school choice plank, planks that are basically then sent on to the county party uh, for... Um, uh, discussion that will help put together the county party platform. So I hope that's not more information than you want, but I'm no. trying to describe it as succinctly as I can. That's perfect, because you just outlined how, how the whole process works. One of the questions that a lot of people have had uh, and, and asked me to ask you, you answered, um, because you still you vote. Your vote can be anonymous. You take a piece of paper and you vote, but the count is right there in the middle of the room at a table. Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. And so, because some people thought that what happened was you had these people speak, and then people would gather, like, in different areas of the room and raise their hands and say, no, I like what that person said. I'm going to switch from this candidate to that candidate. That the, the So it's, it's, it's very, uh, very organized and, and mm-hmm. planned out, and the vote is still anonymous. Everything else, though, is just... Completely yeah, first, transparent. What you described first, where is the conception people get different parts of it. That's what the Democrats have always done. And as you know, because they muck things up this year, 
the Democrats basically took their they, now they are going to meet on that Monday night, but they're only for the purpose of electing their county convention delegates and their central committee members. Uh, they're basically the Democrat Party is mailing out ballots to register Democrats, and then they have I think it's March fifth is a deadline to have them returned, and then um, the results of the Democrat. Um, um, you know, people that vote for president, that will be announced on March 5th, uh, Super Tuesday date. But because they just m- mishandled things, uh, they lost their ability to have what they usually have in terms of, uh, you know, caucusing to vote for president on next Monday night. Well, uh, yeah, we're going to take a real quick break because I want to continue on pick up the conversation right there. Uh, we're, we're talking to uh, Steve Scheffler from uh, Iowa. He's just explained how the caucus works, and their caucus is coming up next week. Uh, and if you want to hang, join the conversation after the break, 888-414-0303, the McKenzie Country. This is the Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and we are continuing our discussion now with Steve Scheffler. He is from Iowa, uh, and he is talking to us about how the Iowa caucuses work, which are next Monday. And Steve, so you made clear to us that there's not going to be any information coming out about the Democrats next Monday. It's only the Republicans. They've changed the way they do it now, and we won't know anything from them for a while. And so, and also that... In response to Anthony's question, what happened where there were people that would switch sides and they'd vote, they'd raise their hands and all that stuff, that was always been a difference between how the Democrats conduct their caucusing and the Republicans. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. And uh, so the Republicans, uh, it's, it's a pretty straight, it sounds like a pretty straight process for the Republicans in Iowa, though. You show up at a meeting. They're all seven o'clock. They all have to be there by seven in or in line by seven. Correct. Yes. And then, and they have to show some kind of identification. If they're a Democrat, they can vote in the Republican primary, but they have to switch their identification right then and there. Yeah. Well, I'm a voter registration card. Yes. Okay. Got it. Anthony, you have, did you have a particular? Um, no, I just, uh, I, um, I think that it's in. It's very transparent, very organized, very simple to understand. And what we talked about off the air is the contrast is the the the, the changing rules, constantly changing the rules. The Democrats are in New Hampshire. You know, they're they're saying, well, we don't want it this way. You're not going to have any delegates. You can't. You know, don't look over here. It's all kabuki. Uh, and then in the conversation with you, they've changed the the, the caucus uh, uh, rules. A number of times in, in Iowa, how do people follow it? I mean, how do Democrats follow it? I'd be upset if I was a Democrat. It's pretty difficult. I've never been to a Democrat caucus, but I know people that used to be registered Democrats have gone. And they just said it's pretty a pretty convoluted process, you know. And so it's not. So it, it, when we think of uh, like when we think of a primary voting, you know, we we all go to the polls. Whether in Vermont it's open, but if you're registered a Republican, you get a Republican ballot you know here you we can grab one or the other you can't grab both uh but we vote and it's done it's pretty straightforward so um you don't even know how they handle the caucus in in iowa the democrats uh, and, and well, i do i do know after i went to a republican caucus uh for you know been eight years ago 
um, the Democrats had a caucus in the same school building, and I went and sat down in the balcony and kind of observed, and it, it can get pretty, uh, pretty, uh, you know, spirited and a lot of discussion. I don't think throwing chairs or anything, but you know, where they're trying to get people. So, you know, give me an example. If you got a hundred people in a room and only 14 people are supporting your candidate, then the other camps try to get you to join their camp because those 14 people, because you don't meet the 15% threshold, are considered, quote-unquote, non-viable. And that's and only so, on the Democratic side, though, right? Only Democratic side. Mm-hmm. So, so they just arbitrarily put a number out and say, well, you're not viable above that number. Yeah, well, I think it's always been 15%. Gotcha. Let's get some calls for you. They're not going to do that this time. They're going to have mail. They're going to mail ballots to Democrats because they want to pretend that there's 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 no primary. All right, let's go to the phones. And and that's the thing that we've tried to argue here in Iowa. And we did pass a state law that was signed by our Republican governor that a caucus is defined as an in-person meeting that you have to attend. It's not a mail-in ballot. That's a primary, and that's why New Hampshire, rightfully so, had problems with the Democrats doing this. And thank God. Uh, they decided that, you know, in order for them to have their caucus the same day as we did, that they were going to have to not have this um, this presidential preference poll. Steve, we got, we, got, we got to get to some calls. We're running late on time here. So, uh, okay. yeah, let, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hi. What percentage of Iowa Republicans vote in the caucus? That's a great question. Good question. Typically, what is the turnout? I would say it's probably around um, a third. There's around, I think, 650,000 registered Republicans in Iowa, I think. And uh, we had a record turnout uh, eight years ago when we had a contested uh, uh, presidential race. I think of around 187,000. It's supposed to be really cold that night, but Iowans are used to that. So I'm guessing we're going to have right at 200,000. So we think that's a pretty good turnout because these people actually have to go to a location in their neighborhood, show up on a cold, uh, wintry night. Right. And and Steve, as a poet, and you know, as you said, it's not a like a seven in the morning. It's seven at night. It's nighttime. It's not. You can go to the polls any day, time during the day, like a primary. But Steve, right. be, because of the way the Republican system works, do we where you is there a time where the votes are supposed to be tabulated by so that they have to be turned in. How does that work? Is there a- no, but they are encouraged. So we've had like literally hundreds of caucus training um, events where people that are going to head their, or lead their precinct that night show up and are trained. Again, they're given a booklet to try to make it simplified because please understand this is a process that is paid for and put on by the Republican Party of Iowa. It's not a state government function, or is it funded by state government? It's totally funded and put on and sponsored by the Republican Party of Iowa. And so there are many, many, many training sessions. So even a lot of the campaigns do training sessions in addition to this, the party. Does that make sense? Yep. And then the state party has field representatives. They're full-time employees that go out and help county chairs, Republican county chairs, and their uh, precinct people to make sure they're well organized and they know how to conduct a caucus on caucus night. Do, uh, so do you expect that uh, we will get 
the results from the Republican caucus in at a fairly reasonable hour on, on Monday night? Yeah, I think I think that's very well. I mean, we're, we have the best state Republican Party apparatus we've ever, ever had here in Iowa. And, but when you're dealing with 1,650-some precincts, I think that's about what we have in the state of Iowa. Uh, you know, you could have a minor glitch. I don't expect that. Uh, but, you know, it's a lot, a lot of work to make sure that this thing goes off without any major hiccups, you know. Yeah. And what do you what do you hear on the street, Steve? You're right there in Iowa. Do you, Iowa sometimes has a surprise. We know that our own Howard Dean gave the famous scream speech in Iowa after he finished third. It looked like at the time that it was between Dean and Gephardt, and they both went so negative that Kerry won. Um, but what, um, are you, and are you feeling anything that there could be a surprise, or do you think Trump's going to just uh, blow everybody away? I don't think there's going to be a major surprise. Here's the deal. They came out with a poll. You know, of course, polls can be wrong, but the Seltzer Des Moines Register poll is actually pretty accurate. And it showed uh, Trump at 51. I think uh, uh, 19 was uh, DeSantis. 16 was Nikki Haley. And then I think 5% was Vivek. Um, and when they asked Trump supporters, you know, can you maybe be convinced to support somebody else? 70% said no. So 70% are pretty, pretty locked in. With Nikki and DeSantis, their locked-in support is only like at 30 or 35%. And Trump, the campaign is much, much more organized than they were eight years ago. Uh, you know, every I went to a Trump rally uh, Saturday, and right then and there they have up on the picture screen, Lord Trump is talking about walking through what you do at a caucus. Then another point in time, there's another little presentation. What do you do at a caucus? What are all the if, ands, and buts? And then in addition to that, Trump himself at the end of his speech, talked about the if, ands, and buts of showing up for caucus, and they've had caucus commitment cards that they pass out at these rallies. And he's having rallies in cities that are uh, kind of midsize or even smaller cities that he never did eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, DeSantis's campaign has a good ground game, too, but I would say that Trump's campaign equals that, and so I would be shocked to see anything change at this point in time. It could, but I just don't see that on the ground at all. So you believe that former President Trump will win significantly, passing 50%? Right. And, see, it's going to be cold that night. And I think, I mean, you know, don't, I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but DeSantis and Nikki have got committed supporters, too. But I think Trump's, you know, supporters are the hardcore. You know, they're committed to him. And even though it's only going to be about seven above or whatever that, that day and about three below or four below at night, um, you know, I think they've got an apparatus to turn these people out. You know, this is not easy. It's not like a primary. Yeah. You've got to figure out who your supporters might be, get them in your database, and then you've got to have you've got to have uh, staff and volunteers that actually turn them out on caucus night. And Trump supporters probably would go through any kind of snowstorm or whatever it might be to go vote I for. I think so. I think so. Three below. It's going to be uh, projected to be three below that night. Where? Um, that's uh, you know what? It's nice talking to somebody who's got colder weather than us. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're just about out of time, Steve. Uh, do you hear anything uh, now? Nikki Haley got some flack. She was in New Hampshire, and she said to a crowd in New Hampshire, "Iowa will vote." And then after Iowa votes, New Hampshire will come and correct whatever mistake Iowa made. Do you hear I anything think- about people getting getting being ticked about her saying that? Well, I don't think a lot. A little bit. I mean, I know the DeSantis campaign, I think, is running the ad going after her and attacking her on that. 
And I don't want to go after Nikki either. I mean, I think probably what she was indicating to curry favor with New Hampshire voters was that sometime, like like eight years ago, you know, Cruz won the caucuses and then Trump won New Hampshire. And sometimes we go back and forth. Now, it's always, we've always been in the top three. So whoever's gone on to win the nomination has been in the top three, except in 2008 when I think McCain came in fourth place. So we kind of, I use the word winnow the field, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, I wasn't, you know, really insulted by that. And I think that's probably what she was trying to indicate. But it was a misstep, and I think she's admitted that. Do you think there's three tickets coming out of Iowa or, or more? Well, I think as long as the, the DeSantis and uh, Haley don't get obliterated, um, I think here's the deal, though. DeSantis has to come in a strong second, in fact, real close to Trump, or even win the caucuses, because his natural constituency is not going to be in New Hampshire, where the voters that will be turning out there are quite a bit more moderate than caucus scores are in Iowa. So I think he has more to lose. Um, I think Nikki, even if she comes in third place, as long as it's a respectable third place and not too far behind DeSantis, I think she has more ability to go on to New Hampshire than DeSantis does. I think DeSantis has the most to lose if he doesn't either win or he doesn't come real close to Trump. All right. Here we go. Steve Scheffler, thanks for that report from Iowa. We uh, will be looking forward to see what happens next Monday. Well, Kurt, thank you so much. I'm an honor to come onto your program. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, it. Great education. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to check in with Fox News. Amanda's got the headlines. And then uh, Gary Sadowski from Channel 3.